This is a Sunday message from New Community Church in London. To discover more about New Community, visit newcom.church. My name is Yemi and I am excited to be sharing the Word of God with you this morning. I hope you are well. I hope you're enjoying your summer. And um, we're carrying on with a summer of celebration series. So I don't know whether you live in a household with a football fan. So you might or you might not be celebrating the return of the Premier League season. And um, if you're an Arsenal fan like my husband, you're probably not celebrating because your team has not started well. Because we celebrate when there's a victory. And um, we also celebrate to acknowledge a significant event, maybe a birthday or anniversary. And celebrations are usually memorable and joyous times. Um, they're marked by doing something enjoyable, either you have a social gathering like I would, or do something outside like some other people would do. Um, celebration and joy is actually not man's invention, it's actually the story of God. And even though some, some people, especially unbelievers, they find it difficult to associate celebration and joy with God. They think God is a killjoy, or God doesn't want us to have fun. And this is because they have a wrong perception about God because they do not really know God. And it's possible for us as Christians as well to also end up with a distorted view about who God is if we base our knowledge of God upon our experience or other people's stories rather than on the knowledge of the Word of God. And so when we look through Scripture, we see that celebration and joy is actually woven all through Scripture, right from the beginning, the wonderful story of celebration that we have already talked about, to the very end, the great marriage supper of the Lamb. And through these key moments of celebration that I've been looking at over the past few weeks, you see that God is a God of celebration and joy. When you read the Old Testament, there are various festivals that the um, Israelites had to celebrate. And there were days, of, days and weeks of rejoicing, of parting and feasting. The new covenant is founded on the gospel, which is the good news of great joy. Jesus attended feasts. He went to a wedding. He used parables about feasts and banquets to illustrate what the kingdom of God is like. Heaven is a place of joy. Psalm 16, verse 11, and it's already come through in our worship. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So there is joy in heaven. And Jesus talked about more joy being in heaven when somebody repents. So there's fullness of joy and there is more joy. So you can imagine how much joy is in heaven. I try to think about it. So the Bible does not leave us in any doubt at all as to whether God desires us to have joy and to celebrate. And we should not be in any form of doubt either. And so this morning we're going to be talking about the resurrection, the rising of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the dead, the celebration of our victory and our liberation from sin and death. Because Jesus Christ won that on our behalf. And we would usually associate um, this celebration with Easter, Easter Sunday. Um, Easter being a season of special and intentional focus on the resurrection. And it's very important that we have this season and this day that is dedicated annually for us to remember the most important festival of the Christian calendar. And so we all celebrate birthdays and anniversaries once a year. One day a year, each person remembers the day they were born. 
and we focus that day in each of our households on, on our loved ones. We dedicate time to them, we buy them gifts, we make them feel special, and we show them how much we love them and appreciate them. I don't know how it works in your household. In mine, the day it's your birthday, you're in control. You call the shots. We go wherever you want to go, we eat whatever you want to eat, and you are actually in charge of the con remote control for that whole day. So you choose whatever you want to watch. And that's, that's, that's how it works in our household. And the thing is, you probably only have the control of the remote for one day a year. Because every other day, no, you do not, you don't, you're not in control of the remote control. But hopefully, the joy, um, the, celebra the, the, the cherishing, the love, the showing of affection is hopefully not just restricted to one day a year, I hope. Because this will be abnormal, because we love, we remember, we cherish our loved ones every single day and every single week of the year, not just on their anniversary or their birthdays. So in the same way for us as Christians, while Easter Sunday provides a day of great focus for us to focus on this funda fundamental truth on which our faith rests, our celebration of the resurrection should not just be on Easter Sunday. It's not restricted to one day a year. Every day and every week gives us an opportunity to celebrate the resurrection. In fact, this morning as we are gathered, we are gathered because Jesus Christ rose up on the first day of the week. So every Sunday that we gather, we are actually celebrating a weekly anniversary of the resurrection. So every Sunday when you come in, you are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, the weekly one. I don't know whether you remember when you, uh, for those of us that are married or have children, when we were newlywed or a new parent... You are so elated. You're so excited. You mark all these little anniversaries. Oh, they did this, they did that. You celebrate the big ones as well. And then as life begins to happen, you've been married for decades. For, for me, for example, 30 years in October, your children are all grown up. You stop counting those little things. Don't, you don't count those little things anymore. You've, you can't remember those little things anymore. But hopefully you remember the big one because that would be trouble if you don't. And so, for us as Christians as well, we should never get to a point whereby we lose track or become bored of the resurrection. It's a celebration that we need to continuously be passionate about. We should be excited about the resurrection because this is the most important thing in our lives as Christians. And if one thing that we have learned over the past 18 months that we have not been able to gather together is the fact that we cannot take for granted the gathered body of Christ. It is so significant for us in our walk with God. And so when we come together on a Sunday, or if there's any other gatherings in the week, we should be passionate and excited about it because we are coming to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're going to read the account of the resurrection in Matthew chapter 28 from verses 1 to 8. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See how I have told you. 
So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. So the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, was crucified on the cross for our sin. And following his death, he was buried in a tomb. So he actually died, and he was placed in a tomb. But on the third day, he was raised to life. Hallelujah. And he later ascended to heaven, where he is now sat at the right hand of God the Father, ruling and reigning. The thing is, everything about our Christian faith centers on the resurrection. The gospel, our relationship with God, victory over sin and death, the hope we have in Christ, absolutely everything hinges on the reality of the resurrection. Because without the resurrection, our faith will be in vain. And this is what Paul argued in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 14 to 19. And he says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who are falling asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all people most to be pitied. In other words, if Jesus Christ had stayed dead, if there was no resurrection, then God would have been a liar. The Christian life would be meaningless and pointless because there would be no life after death. Because if the Christian hope is just for this life only, then we should be pitied because we are wasting our lives and believing a lie. Because apart from the resurrection, there is no certainty of life beyond the grave for anyone. But in fact, Christ Jesus has been raised from the dead. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. So we are made alive in Christ. Because Jesus Christ defeated death and he rose from the dead. And it's only because of the resurrection that we can have a relationship with the living God. Without the resurrection, there is no how we can relate to the living God. And this is the basis of our joy. This is why we celebrate. And this is why our joy can be full at all times. Because it's not a one-off. Our celebration of the resurrection is not once a year. Every single day of our life, the impact of the resurrection on our lives is massive because we have a relationship with the living God. And there are lots of things that we can celebrate about the resurrection. But this morning, I just want us to focus on three things. Now, I want you to think about how you celebrate. I don't know how you celebrate. When you're invited to a party, um, I don't know how you behave. Um, but usually, you would rejoice with the celebrant. You would say congratulations, or you would probably take them a gift, and then you would enjoy and take advantage of whatever they've provided. So whether it's food, you will eat as much as you can, and if you're a Nigerian, you would take some home away as well. You would um, have a lot of music, so you will dance, and some people have games at their parties. You will have to play the games whether you like to play games or not. So you will take advantage and enjoy everything that the celebrant provides. And so I want us to have this thought at the back of our minds as we think about these, things, about these three things about the resurrection. 
So first and foremost, we want to rejoice in God and thank him for the resurrection. And then we want to think about these benefits and ask ourselves, am I taking full advantage? Am I enjoying to the fullest of my ability what has been provided for me? So the first thing we want to celebrate about the resurrection is life. The resurrection is a celebration of life. Everlasting life and life to the full. And also liberation from death. Because when you think about it, only the person that created life is able to resurrect it from the dead. So the resurrection reminds us about God's absolute sovereignty over life and death. And this is why human beings, as much as we've had huge medical, scientific, technical advancements, we've not been able to do anything about death. Death, the Bible describes as a final enemy. And there's something called thanatophobia, which is a fear of death. And it's one of the greatest fears in our society today. Studies around fear reveal that people are actually so scared of death. And we've seen this fear display over the past 18 months. But Jesus Christ is the only person that has been able to defeat death. While he was on earth, he demonstrated his power over physical death by raising Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11. And he also revealed himself as the resurrection and the life. John 11, 25 and 26, he said, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So Jesus here is revealing his power over spiritual death as well as physical death. In other words, we die physically and we die spiritually as well if we do not have Christ. So Jesus Christ has power over physical death as well as over spiritual death. And by rising from the dead, he defeated death and he conquered death. Death is swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and 55. Oh, death, where is your sting? The victory and the sting of death has been taken away because Jesus Christ rose up from the dead. And so we now have the victory in him. So if we're in Christ, we celebrate freedom from the fear of death and we celebrate liberation from the consequences of death. And we also celebrate life, abundant life that we have access to. John 1, 4 tells us that in him, in Christ, was life and the life was the light of men. And Psalm 36 verse 9 tells us that he is the fountain of life, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. So God is the source of light. Everything that sustains and refreshes in life is from God, who is the fountain of life. And that's why Jesus came. He said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. He came that we might have life, that we might live life to the full. And Jesus in John 17 verse 3 told us what that eternal life is. He says in John 17 3, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. And so for us to live and celebrate life, it means to dedicate our lives to knowing God, to knowing him and the power of his resurrection. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the life we live and celebrate now is one of purpose and meaning because Christ now lives to us by faith. Our lives are now hidden in Christ with God. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, brothers and sisters, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not things on earth, 
for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we can set our hearts, our minds, our affections on Christ. And it's because he lives that we live also. So our lives are no longer purposeless and meaningless. We live purposeful lives because Christ lives in us. John 14 verse 19. Yet a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And because I live, you will live. And so we celebrate life and we live life to the full because Jesus Christ is alive. The second thing is joy. The resurrection is a celebration of joy. Can you imagine how the two Marys that went to the tomb felt when they got to the tomb and they found an empty tomb? The grief and the sorrow was turned into overwhelming joy. Jesus, their master, who they thought was dead, is now alive. And so they ran quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 8, to tell the other disciples. And it's no surprise that the, when the other disciples saw Jesus, they were in shock, but they were full of joy. Luke 24, verse 40 and 41. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything to eat? So the disciples were shocked, but they were full of joy. And this deep joy, sometimes for us as well, we, we, we disbelieve it because we, we do not understand how we can have such deep joy. But it's because of the resurrection. And the apostle Paul describes, describes this joy as unspeakable and full of glory. First Peter chapter 1, verse 8. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. This indescribable joy is ours and is rooted in knowing God and knowing God's grace. It has nothing to do with our physical circumstances. This is the joy that keeps us going when things are hard. This is the joy that we know and we can enjoy on a daily basis because of the resurrection. The Christian life is like a race. And when there's no joy, it can become labored and difficult. Everything feels like hard work. It feels like a chore. I don't know whether you've been walking or running or going to the gym. Most people will have some form of music in their ears. Or you're doing some housework at home that you really don't want to do. You have music in the background. And when you have that music going, it just helps you go through it. Sometimes it even becomes enjoyable because you're singing along and you're enjoying the music. And... Um, one of these days, I was um, out doing my exercise, and my, the battery on my thing just died. And um, I could just tell what the difference was with no music on. And the Holy Spirit really spoke to my heart about how that can be likened to lack of joy. Because on that day, every step that I took, even though it was the same race that I did, that I do like almost every week, it was like, it was so hard, it was so labored, it was so difficult because all my attention was on the fact that I was so tired and that there was nothing to distract my mind from how I was feeling. And there's music, this, uh, I have this music that goes on when I'm exercising and it says, I feel like going on, and I'm like, I don't feel like going on. And you know, that's what I do. My body doesn't want to go on, but I feel like, and I just sing to that and it just helps me to keep going, but that wasn't there. And... That's what, when we don't have joy in our lives as Christians, that's what it feels like. Every single thing becomes hard work. To pray, to come to, the, to, to worship with other believers, to read the Bible, to do everything is hard work. Um, but Jesus has paved a way for us to have fullness of joy 
by giving us access into the presence of God. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And daily, we have a choice to choose joy and to celebrate joy. We contend for joy. We fight for joy. It doesn't fall on our laps. Some mornings you wake up and you just feel heavy and overwhelmed by life and you don't want to get up. But that's when you speak to yourself and say, how? The fullness of joy is mine because of the resurrection. It is independent of how I feel. It is independent of my circumstances. I can lay hold of it by faith. I can choose to celebrate this day because it is the day that the Lord has made. And so I rise up, overcome that heaviness, start to sing, and then joy comes. And so we need to remind ourselves that we need to contend for joy and fight for it every single day of our lives. And the final thing is hope and change. The resurrection is a celebration of hope and change. Following the crucifixion, the disciples thought all hope had been lost. They thought it was the end of the story. But the cross was not the end of the story. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and is alive forevermore. And his resurrection has changed everything. The tragedy of the cross has been turned into victory. Death has been turned to life. Sorrow into joy. Despair into hope. We were spiritually dead. We are now alive in God. The guilty, the condemned, we are now forgiven and free in Christ. Everything is changed. Hope is ours, brothers and sisters. Change is possible because of the resurrection. No person, no situation is hopeless with God. We do not own the right to give up. He came to you in our worship. You might be exhausted and tired, but you don't have the right to give up because that's not what you are called to. It's never over until God says it's over. We see the obvious because we are limited, but God sees into eternity. When we see the cross, God has already seen the empty tomb. When we see our brokenness, God sees beauty. And so we cannot give up. No matter how hopeless the situation feels, we are called to walk by faith and not by sight, to trust him and not to give up hope. Our God is a God of beautiful exchanges, and there's always an instead of with God. Isaiah 61 verse 3, God through his spirit is the one that grants those who mourn in Zion. He gives them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And Isaiah 55 verse 13, God instead of the thorn causes to come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sand that cannot be cut off. In other words, God is able to change seemingly unproductiveness into fruitfulness. Romans 4.17 tells us that God is the one who gives life to the dead. He calls into existence the things that are not. And like Abraham, in hope he believed against hope. Abraham, in the, on the human circumstances, it was impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have each other, but in hope... He believed against hope. We also, we need to choose to trust God that he can turn around any hopeless situation because of the fact that he's faithful to who he is and what he has said. This is our reality. This is what we live in, brothers and sisters, the story of the resurrection. Life, hope, change, and joy. And we have the privilege of not just identifying with it and celebrating it, but we can participate in the story through baptism, and there's going to be a baptism next, which is quite exciting. So when we, when we get baptized, we demonstrate that we are participating in the story of Jesus. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Do you not know 
that all of us have been bapt- who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So when we are baptized and we are lowered into the water, we identify with dying with Christ and dying to self. And then when we are raised up out of the water, it signifies that we are being raised from death to life. And baptism is, is a great moment of rejoicing because we are celebrating someone who was dead that is now alive in Christ. And so if you are here, you've not been baptized yet, you can um, speak to one of the elders. I'm sure we will be very happy to dunk you into the baptistry pool. So we're coming to a conclusion now. Like I said, uh, uh, as we started thinking about these um, three points, how are you doing with celebrating these things about the resurrection? Life, joy, hope, and change. The resurrection is the foundation on which our faith rests. Who we are and what we do is because of the resurrection. We can celebrate all these things because Jesus Christ is alive. So I really want to encourage us to continually choose, because it's always a choice, to celebrate by rejoicing in God as well as living in the freshness and the reality of the resurrection in our daily lives. We need to remember that we have an enemy out there. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The enemy is not just going to lay low and let you just enjoy these things without you fighting for them. We need to take our stand by faith, and we need to contend for what is ours because of the resurrection. The price has been paid. The price for joy, the price for hope, the price for change and for life has been paid because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But we need to contend by faith to take hold of what is ours. We need to make up our minds daily to celebrate the victory of the cross. And so we're going to um, spend some time praying for one another. And um, the word, uh, at least we just dropped a word in my heart yesterday as I was just um, thinking about this message. And the word is resuscitation. I mean, if you've, had, if you've ever done a first aid course, you will be taught how to do CPR. I mean, if somebody's unconscious or almost dead, you can sort of raise them back up to life by doing CPR, just give them breath of life and do chest compressions to keep them alive. And I, and I do believe, even as God has been speaking to us through the worship, that some people here who feel that life has been sucked out of them because of COVID and the past 18 months. They feel that joy has been sucked out of them and hope and faith has been sucked out of them. And you feel that actually you have nothing more. You feel hopeless, you're exhausted. But the Holy Spirit is here this morning to resuscitate you, to bring life. Remember the, the story of Mary, when the angel of God appeared to Mary, when um, told that you're going to have a child, and said, me, child? I'm only a virgin, I don't know anybody. How can this be? And then the angel said to her, the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And that's what God wants to do this morning for some of us. I don't know how hopeless your situation is. The power of the Holy Spirit is here to overshadow you. And the power of the Most High is here to revive whatever you think is dead. And so we're going to pray for one another. If you feel you want to come forward to, for some people to agree with you in prayer, please do that. And if you want to pray with people that are around you, you can also do that as well. But I want, us, I want the Holy Spirit wants to stir faith and hope in our hearts this morning. There is nothing impossible for our God to do. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That was impossible, humanly speaking, but God did it. And so there's no hopeless situation here that God cannot do anything about. There is no joy 
I don't know, maybe you've not experienced joy for a very long time because of what's been going on, but you can come this morning and the Holy Spirit can lavish you with joy. You can overflow with joy. And what's going on in your life? What is it that the power of the living God cannot change? So this morning, I want us to rise up in faith and say, Jesus Christ, you are alive. You died on the cross, but you did not stay dead. You are alive forever, mom. Because of that, I have faith and confidence that nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible for you to do. So why don't we rise up and let's respond to God together. Hallelujah. Thank you, God.